you two belong together. John Hancock, Michael Kelly on News Radio 1120, KMOX. Well, I mean, we don't agree on much, but I think we may agree on this next thing. Yeah. Uh, we both have spent time at the caucuses in Iowa. Yes, we have. And uh, I think we both hope we never have to go there again. Yes, we do. It is the coldest place I have ever been in my life. Yeah, Iowa. it's a miserable evening. They should do it on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. So I spent, John, uh, as you know, uh, two and a half, three years of my life running around with Congressman Gephardt when he was running for president. And a big component of that was the Iowa caucuses. Um, and he was supposed to win the caucuses. Dick Gephardt in, in won the caucuses in 1988. His whole strategy was to win uh, in 2004 to win Iowa and then build that momentum. Yep. He was expected to win Iowa, neighboring state, et cetera. It did not go well. Um, and in fact, uh, he wound up finishing third that night. It was a, a story between Howard Dean and uh, when it, he and Howard Dean went at each other. Howard Dean wound up having that night. Remember that? Yeah! Oh, yeah. Yelled. That yeah, was that night. Tanked his campaign. Yeah. And uh, John Kerry won the Iowa caucuses and essentially wound up being anointed as the Democratic nominee. Mr. Gephardt flew home the next day, announced that he was uh, surrendering political life, etc. But that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is the Iowa caucuses. And people need to understand it's unique, unlike anything that you've ever done. We're typically used to going and voting, right? We show up. We got our little ID there, our little tag. We show up. We'd like to vote. We vote. We go home, back to work, whatever the case may be. That's not the case with an uh, with the caucuses. With a caucus, you have to show up at a set time. I think it's 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, for your precinct. Um, and you show up there in a gymnasium. You, they, someone will from the party, because this is a party-run structure, mm-hmm. will stand up in front of the caucus and say, okay, we're going to get started. Uh, everybody who's with Ron DeSantis, go to this corner. Everybody who's with Donald Trump, go to that corner. Everybody who's with Vivek Ramaswamy and so on. And the room divides up. And this particular caucus may only have one delegate. They could potentially, if they're in a big school or a big precincts, they could have two or three delegates right. that they would be dispersing. And so what they do is then they come down and they come to find out who's viable. So you may have 20 people that go into the corner for uh, Donald Trump and 10 people who go in for uh, Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy has five, but Chris Christie has one. Mm-hmm. Technically then, under whatever rules are laid out, Chris Christie's not considered to be viable. So that one person is now open after the first vote to be enticed by the other caucus members to come join our caucus. And so the Donald Trump people will come over and talk to the Chris Christie people and the et cetera. And then they will have another uh, separation, if you will, of the voters. And we continue to go through this process until we come to what is uh, a fair representation of what uh, in the allocation of these delegates. Uh, You've worked this. Yeah. Everything I just described to you happens over about two or three hours. Well, you forgot the miserable speeches. Yeah. Everybody has a representative that gives a miserable speech at the caucus, and uh, yeah. and you got to sit through that. So, I mean, you, you worked the whole start to finish. I did. Well, I was with the candidate at right. that time, but, I mean, what, what they've been spending all their time doing right now in Iowa, John, is they're essentially running around doing the same thing 12 times a day. 
They're yep. going to different little coffees. And what you need to understand about the voters of Iowa is they're absolutely spoiled little brats. None of them, you will meet them. They will meet the president of the United States, could come into their house, literally sit down with them and ask them, could I have your support? Well, you know, Mr. President, I was with you last time, but I kind of want to hear what Robert Kennedy has to say before I make my final decision. That's what these people do. Um, And it is not unheard of of nearly every person in Iowa who wants to be involved in the political process has met these candidates. And so I wasn't with the candidate, but what one we would do in these meetings is we were also training people uh, on how to caucus. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to recognize those team leaders who can be in different places. It is a massive undertaking uh, that goes down. And like you said, I, I blocked out the speeches because right. are you really going to be wooed? Yeah. But the interesting part is, is after the first round, when you find out who's viable and not viable, and it's rules laid out by the party that, that determine that, and then it essentially becomes your lobbying, your neighbor, your friend, your relative to say, hey, I'm sorry it didn't work out for Chris well, Christie. Well, that's the thing. Come on over here. people know each other. Totally. They're, they're, they live in the same and, community. And some They've... of these caucuses, John, are in people's garages. Yeah. I mean, it is obviously in the big cities of Des Moines and, uh, you know, et cetera. It's being taken place in a school uh, or at a gymnasium. Mm. But it literally can be in a neighborhood in somebody's garage. Yeah. So my experience, I was on the Romney campaign in 2008, the time he wasn't the nominee. Right. And I was on the finance team. We were fundraising. But Iowa was one of my states. And so the entire Romney apparatus got called into duty. Um, And in my case, it was the last week or so Mm -hmm. in Iowa. And what was amazing to me, and this was in 08, so you didn't really have – Social media wasn't really much of a factor at that point. But we had on our computer system there, we knew, I think, every single one of our caucus people that were going to be Romney people were noted. Oh, yeah. In the database. Totally. And then and you continue to call up to the last minute the folks that you have is undecided on your list and try and convince them to go caucus for Romney. And you're building your list and building your list and building your list. And then at each one of these little caucuses, you've got a campaign representative there. Right. So I was at one of them. I, I, it was in Des Moines. I can't remember, you know. Whatever. I, I tried to block it out, too. Yeah. But I'm in the room, and you meet the Romney captain there, and uh, and they're gathering up people. And, yeah, it, it's it, what was remarkable to me, uh, and it makes sense, you know, because when you go vote here in St. Louis— uh, if there's a line, there's a good chance you're going to know three or four people in line because sure. they're your neighbors. Uh-huh. And here, these people all knew each other. And, you know, they'd come in and they'd slap each other on the back and have a conversation and they'd, you know, uh, and they'd try and cajole them over. Yeah, and it's important people remember this is a several-hour process yeah. thing. <clears throat> this is not quick. No, you're making a real commitment Yeah, there. you were committed for the entire evening, and it's going to be below zero. And I told you, this is the coldest doggone place I've ever been, Yeah, Iowa, because there's nothing blocking the wind. You know, there's nothing there. Uh, it's just people and farmland, unless you're in the big city. But uh, it, it's so cold, and I just wonder how that's going to work out for even Vivekramaswamy. I mean, Donald Trump seems to have this built-in institutional support of – just people who followed him since the the previous election. Yeah. I just don't see people being able to make those sacrifice for. And by the way, there is nothing more heartbreaking as someone who works these caucuses 
when Bill, who had told you he was going to come caucus for your candidate, shows right. up and you see him in the corner for your opponent. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Well, you know, the one thing about – and I, I'm not – intimately involved in any of these campaigns uh, this cycle for president. But the one thing that I do wonder about, I don't have a sense that the Trump campaign infrastructure exists. exists. So I, I don't know that they've got a war room there that's staffed by paid. Uh, I can't imagine. People. Right. And and so it's and he's run such a non-traditional campaign the last two times. And it is possible, I suppose, that the the Trump campaign is looking at the polling data and has no real idea of exactly who is going to caucus for him. I, I would and, bet it. And so if that's the case, and Iowa almost always has some kind of a surprise, uh, if that's the case, something shocking could – I don't expect it. I'm not predicting it. But something shocking could happen on Monday if – and I don't know what the status of the, the Haley campaign or the DeSantis campaign is in terms of its ground operation. But if they've got one and it's good and they've got good people and they deploy them, you could have a real upset here. You could. And uh, and by the way, an upset is not only defined by winning. It could be coming in second place. Haley has surrendered Iowa. Yeah. If suddenly the momentum nationally that seems to be taking place, she comes up second in Iowa. Yeah. And that if it's, rockets if it's, her. And if it's, you know, 42 to 34, mm-hmm. something like that for Trump, that would be uh, and that could also then have an impact and implications in New Hampshire coming up. Totally. Uh, in a few weeks after that. So, well. That's your little uh, that's your little look into the caucus system, boys and girls. Uh, Professor Kelly and Professor Hancock are going to step aside.